Hello again, you're listening to the News at One. An extra public holiday for all and for healthcare workers, a €1,000 once-off tax-free pandemic bonus. The government today signed off on its long-promised recognition for sacrifices made in the battle against COVID-19 during the past two years. This year, Friday the 18th of March, the day after St. Patrick's Day, is being declared a public holiday. From next year, there'll be a new public holiday on the first Monday in February. Here's the of Radcliffe making the announcement in the last few minutes. Uh, it's been a long two years since this pandemic began. 9,000 lives have been lost to COVID on the island of Ireland and millions of lives have been interrupted. Today the government decided on three actions uh, to remember those who lost their lives to COVID, to recognise all of those workers, volunteers and members of the general public who have helped us in this fight against the pandemic and especially frontline healthcare workers, those who wore masks and gowns and were exposed to COVID patients or COVID samples in the course of their work every day, even before there were any vaccines. In relation to the public holidays, uh, which fall under my remit as Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, the government has agreed to have a once-off public holiday on Friday the 18th of March 2022, in recognition of the efforts of the general public workers and volunteers during the COVID-19 pandemic and also in remembrance of people who lost their lives due to COVID-19. The Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, said the bonus payment was to recognise the risks that were taken by healthcare workers during the pandemic. In our nation's greatest time of need in a long time, our healthcare families stepped up. They did so before a vaccination programme was in place And it's for this fearless commitment, despite these risks, that this recognition payment is being made. Stephen Donnelly speaking after this morning's Cabinet meeting earlier. The Taoiseach said the government will meet again on Friday to decide on easing Covid restrictions and will give clarity to the public at that point on his way into the Cabinet meeting. Mr Martin said the government had to be mindful of disease levels and the prospect of future variants. But he said we can be optimistic about the medium term. The Omicron situation does... um uh, the, the manner in which that has happened, the, the, the widespread uh, nature of its transmission and so on, and the fact that we've man- managed, managed so far to weather that storm, I think, is, 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 gives us grounds for optimism in that medium term right out to March. Uh, and throughout the year, we have to be mindful, of course, of other variants that may come. Tisha speaking this morning. Let's talk now to our political correspondent, Paul Cunningham. Paul, we'll, um, we'll look ahead to Friday in just a moment. But first of all, the decisions made by Cabinet today. First, this bonus payment, €1,000. It's a once-off payment, we're told. It's tax-free. It's going to be made to those healthcare workers who are very much in the front line during the pandemic. Is it clear who will qualify? Well, what we know is that um, frontline uh, workers in hospital settings are going to qualify. We also know from a government statement that ambulance workers will be included. I had confirmed earlier on today that people working in nursing homes and providing hospice care would also be provided. And in the news conference, which is ongoing, um, Defence Force members who are also working on the front line, they too will be included. Um, I haven't yet got confirmation yet, Brian, on the question of student nurses. They were 
students rather than full nurses, but they most certainly were on the front line. So that one, I, I, I'm not quite sure just yet. Yeah, well, we've had just had uh, put into our hands the, the government uh, statement, and I think we can help you with this because in relation to who qualifies, who will be eligible, it identifies supernumerary students who were required to perform training in clinical sites and also, and I don't know if you mentioned this, staff in private sector nursing homes and hospices affected by COVID-19. Yeah, so uh, uh, we did hear from uh, Michael McGrath and he put an estimate of the cost of this at around €100 million for the frontline healthcare workers. He said the bill would go up when you took in and included some of those outside of of hospitals. So the actual total bill we haven't got just yet. Yeah, and there's also, again, we're told from this release, a pro rata arrangement that will apply for eligible part-time staff. But they're also emphasising that this is going to be, and again I quote, ring-fenced to staff ordinarily on site in COVID-19 exposed healthcare environments. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a key thing. If you cast your mind back to September, the Thonish Ali of Radkar was saying that his strong view that the bonus payments or extra leave should not be limited to frontline workers. And he said, I've, this was t- to the Doyle, I've seen the enormous work done by civil servants in the Department of Social Protection, making sure that people got their pandemic unemployment payment. And he went on to say, too often we make this distinction between frontline workers and non-frontline workers, which does not fully appreciate that there is nothing you can do as a frontline worker if you don't have all of those people mm-hmm behind you. So that remains an issue. You have people like Paul Murphy of People Before Profit saying all workers should have been paid. We've got the mandate trade union looking out for people maybe in, in the retail sector or also, they say, working on the front line. So this one has still got a, a bit to go yet on just exactly how the uh, the general view has arrived at whether this is appropriate or not. Right. So let's turn then to this decision in relation to uh, a public holiday, a new public holiday um, this year on um, March 18th. Exactly. So the way that um, the Thornish Delay of Racker framed it was that and what the Cabinet wanted to do was to uh, call this bank holiday to recognise the efforts of the general public um, workers, volunteers, for all of those who are effectively coming forward and, and, and played their role. And then what we're going to have happen after that is in next year, instead of it happening the day after St. Patrick's or um, yes, St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. it will move to St. Bridget's Day in February. So a the reason for this is one, to give a bit of planning, but also that there's going to be a national commemorative event to remember those who, who died during the pandemic. Yeah. And are there any details at this stage of, of what that what that event might be, Paul? Being honest with you, Brian, I, I don't have that to hand. All right, well, no doubt more on that in, in the hours and, and days ahead. Perhaps we can look ahead to Friday. The Cabinet is to meet again now. It's not, it doesn't usually meet on a Friday, but we know NEFIT, the National Public Health Emergency Team, they will assemble on Thursday, uh, quite possibly to make recommendations in terms of easing COVID restrictions and the Cabinet evidently wasting no time in, in meeting the next day uh, to presumably consider what has been recommended by NEFIT consideration of um, the issue of restrictions at today's cabinet meeting they're waiting for the Neffet's letter before they move on to that but all of the signals are that number one the Taoiseach said the cabinet would meet on Friday and that number two all of the ministers who have been speaking to the media have been saying that they're going to act swiftly and as far as we understand it um, that means 
early next week, although the Labour Party thinks it could happen quicker than that, but restrictions will start to lift early next week and that hospitality will be the first to see a change, most likely that curfew currently at 8pm, moving to something like midnight. Yeah, but the thinking does seem to be, and the expectation that this will be a phased process. There isn't going to be a big, uh, a big freedom day, to use that phrase. Yeah, I mean, the government's been pretty consistent on that and it's in line with the um, public health advice that they receive that you um, initiate a change and then you check to see if it has any negative consequences and then move and continue uh, uh, with that. So it's going to be a staggered opening, you know, after hospitality, the next line will probably be an increase in the number of people attending indoor and outdoor sports events. But again, if you like, there's a, there's a bit of a clock ticking on that because there are some major sporting events planned, uh, not least the First Nations, the first of the First Nations matches in uh, scheduled for Dublin uh, on, I think, is it, uh, well, is it the 4th or 6th of 5th. February? 5th of February? I think it's the 5th of February, yeah. Now, the um, Chief Whip, um, Jack Chambers, was expressing confidence that there would be full capacity for that. And it struck me that um, if he was going to stick his neck out, he must be pretty confident mm. that that's going to be the case. And in terms of people returning in greater numbers to, to the work, place. What's the sense of that? Once again, we're hearing that that's going to be a staggered event. It isn't something which is going to happen immediately or all going to happen at the same time. Yet, Brian, we really have to wait the detail of that. How are they going to stagger it? Um, By what means? Is there going to be a a deadline uh, for one sector over another? We don't have the detail on that just yet. To be be fair to them, they haven't considered the issue and how they're going to work because they haven't got the Neffet letter either. Right, well, we'll be back to this, no doubt, uh, later in the week. But for now, Paul Cunningham at Leinster House, thank you for that. Let's talk now to the head of uh, health at the Forza Trade Union, Eamon Donnelly, who joins us. A very good afternoon to you, Eamon Donnelly, and thanks for for taking our call this afternoon. So you're beginning to get details. You're getting details now of this uh, €1,000 bonus payment to healthcare staff. Um, Are you you clear um, who of of your members will will qualify for this payment? No, that's precisely the point, Brian. Um, We're we're short on detail and we're not clear. Um, um, What what it seems to suggest is that um, the deciding criteria is um, a clinical COVID-exposed environment. Now, that can mean many different things. That it can obviously mean a COVID ward, but it, it can also mean other areas of a hospital uh, where where uh, transition of samples, etc. Mm-hmm. But also, I would say to you that um, at the outset of the pandemic, um, when we didn't know about the virus and the PPE was substandard, a number of our people uh, would have went uh, testing um, uh, and swabbing. Uh, and that is a COVID environment because the people presenting for testing were people with suspected were suspected COVID cases, um, and I, I, I would say that that would be uh, a COVID exposed environment. And the proof of the pudding is in the eating on that because the infection rates among our healthcare workers uh, who did that was uh, was up at twenty eight percent of all healthcare worker infections. So um, the, as we don't have the detail on that, but we would certainly mm-hmm. have a view. Um, that 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 would need to be uh, embraced. Well, that perhaps that'll become clearer in the in the hours ahead. But in terms of a, for those who do qualify, acknowledging the sacrifices that that they took during the pandemic, the risks they ran, do, does does this adequate? Well, I suppose really nothing can adequately um, uh, uh, reward them, if you like, for the for the work they did. But uh, does it? Do you think meet their expectations of at least the minimum that should be done? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Um, we, we welcome the fact that the government, after all of this time, has done something. Okay? Um, 
it's always going to be divisive because where do you draw a front line once you say front line workers? Um, and we, we, we had that debate, I think it was on this show a few months ago uh, on that very point. So I think it will satisfy a number of people's expectations. I think other people will be will feel a bit let down because many, many people rolled up their sleeves and did different things at one day's notice. And I think the country uh, it, it acknowledges that. Uh, maybe a commemoration day and a public holiday will go some way towards uh, at least a Affording people recognition, but again, a lot of the uh, a, a, a lot of the, um, the the traction on this would be in the detail of uh, who is encompassed, and I don't have the answers to that at the moment. Yeah, and I suppose a, a, another of those details is would, and I think maybe you represent workers in this particular category, those who are what are described as Section 38, Section 39 workers, their their salaries are, are paid by the public service. There are organisations that are wholly or partly funded by the HSE, but uh, have, have a certain level of independence. Will, will they be within the net here? Well, we don't know if they're going to be within the net because, as I said, we're short on the detail. I would imagine... Section 38 people who face, face the same COVID exposure. If, if, if risk is the criteria, and we may have to look at who was, who was, who was up for priority in vaccination in determining the criteria if it's based on risk. A Section 38 worker is fully funded by, by, by the public service and the HSE. So uh, I, I don't see that being an issue. What I'd say to you about Section 39 workers, and we've been saying this in force for anybody who listened for many years, they should be publicly funded anyway. So, um, uh, and, and that that has a completely different debate. But I suppose the same logic would apply to them as would apply in the private nursing home sector. That if they were facing that kind of COVID exposure, why would they be treated any differently? Yeah, it would be surprising if they were. But we'll leave it there for now. Eamon Donnelly, head of health at the Forza Trade Union. Thank you for that.